we focus on the top 10 stories that you present to us as the most conversational. So, of course, means we cut it off at 11. That story listed as this with this headline, Widow Blames Energy Drinks for Husband's Fatal Heart Attack. We posted it on Friday, the 6th of March, and it's a very interesting story. You can find it and feel more information about it at the website for thisisconversation.com. But this is about the most conversational, as we said. So what stories did you say were the top 10 this week in conversation? In a week that here in the States was overtaken by coronavirus very quickly late on, we're lacking on some of those stories in the top 10, but we'll talk about that in mere moments here on the weekly wrap-up with Jay Cleveland Payne. This is show for the week ending March the 14th, 2020. And welcome to the show. I'm Jay Cleveland Payne. This is the weekly wrap-up. We are still continuing the news and the wrap-up of the news as we have been doing for about three years in this podcast and still talking about the most conversational stories out there throughout the week. Just with a bit of a stranger caveat in the new normal to temporary normal as we're dealing with the effects around the world and now the uptick of the response here in the United States on COVID-19 and the current novel coronavirus that is going around the world. Uh, As we said in the open, and we'll say more towards the end when we go through our spot where we talk about things that may have affected what's going on, the coronavirus stories have amped up exponentially towards the later part of the week as things started to literally shut down here in the States. And so a lot of the stories on coronavirus are high scoring, but not quite high enough scoring as some of these stories that started off earlier in the week or had bigger spikes. And of course, you people love Meghan Markle stories. So that happened as well. So here's how the whole podcast works for those of you new to the podcast and the conversation project itself. We have two social media feeds, actually three, but two that you can vote on throughout the day. That is on Twitter and Facebook. So as you check your normal Facebook and Twitter feeds throughout the day, you can respond to the stories that come in through your feed. On Twitter, it's TH underscore conversation. On Facebook, it's This is the Conversation. Same designation on Instagram as well. You just don't have the voting capability because Instagram's about the pictures and we're actually about the links and the stories. As you see a story come through your site, come through your social media, respond to it. Like it, love it, hate it, share it. The more that you see out there that you respond to, the higher the score goes up. And we, at the end of the week, uh, add everything up and weigh things out from a Friday to Friday scale. And we give you a listing of stories from top to bottom. Now, top obviously means the number one story of the week. Uh, We were uh, a little lax in getting stories out and, of course, had some big holes in things going on with coronavirus. 195 stories is the total amount for this week. So we also, in segment two, do a bottom five. And that bottom five means we're talking about stories from 191 to 195. We do a very quick overview of those stories and give you more details in the very bottom story. We call it the almost irrelevant story of the week. And it's usually something that's really very late in the game and doesn't get a lot of play. This one is one that's actually very, very heartwarming. So you might want to stick around for that one because it is something you might want to hear. Or because there's other thing else is all about coronavirus, unfortunately, for quite some time. In the third segment of the show, we will talk about uh, just the things that happen to make this thing happen, some of the numbers around the stories and, and maybe any issues. And, of course, that means we'll complain or commiserate or cry in our beer 
not Corona beer about coronavirus and what's it's turned into here in the States and why house is also affecting things around the world. You can reach out to me anytime you want to by email at the conversation inbox at gmail.com or reply inside of social media as well. Uh, if you want to uh, talk about any story, we talk about all the stories that we mentioned here, the top 10, the bottom five, uh, also that middle one that is the, the one to cut off at 11. There will be links at our website. This is conversation.com for this week's podcast. Of course, this is the podcast of the week ending March the 14th, 2020. We kick things off with a tragic story, and we have lots of these, unfortunately, but this is one that is really sort of out there and out of the open, and it caught us off guard, but it came in at the number 10 story for the week, one that you were really responding to. On Saturday, the uh, 7th of March, the story gets a bump in response. That means more people responded to this one than the number 11 cutoff story by less than a percent, 0.862%. This is the headline, Huntington Beach BMX rider Tyler Kanar dies after freak accident at Vans Skate Park in Orange. CBS local news station on Channel 2 is the home for this one. We pulled it off their website. We're going to read you a little bit from their story and go from there. The Vanscape Park in Orange remained closed Friday after Huntington Beach BMX rider Tyler Kanar died from an injury sustained last month. Officials confirmed that 25-year-old Kanar died February 25th after a freak accident at the popular skate park. There was an apparent damage to a ceiling-level beam where it appeared as though the bike had struck, Deputy Chief Robert Stefano of the Orange Fire Department said. There was broken fluorescent glass in the ground, and the injuries were consistent with that of striking what appeared to be a fluorescent light bulb in his neck. Firefighters said when they got to the skate park, which is directly across the street from UCI Trauma Center, witnesses had wrapped T-shirts around his neck to try to stop the bleeding. It was not immediately clear what led to the accident, though firefighters and paramedics said they did everything they could to save the man. You can go to our website, thisistheconversation.com, click the link for our podcast for this week, week ending March the 14th, 2020. You can see the links to all the stories you talk about, but you can go deeper in detail of this story out of California. A very, very tragic and, like they said, a freak accident that no one's been able to explain yet. No updates to the story that we've seen. And on a week where we're sending out a lot of thoughts and prayers to people who are struggling in a lot of ways, we're sending extra ones out to the family of Tyler Kennar uh, after this incident. What we've really been missing in the countdowns lately is news on Takashi 69, and it is officially back. Headline for number nine Takashi 69's prison release date set three months early. Wednesday, the 11th of March, the day this was posted, a bump in response from the number 10 store this week of 2.56%. Variety is the source. Here are a few lines from the story talking about the early release of the young 6ix9ine. Rapper Daniel Hernandez, per, known professionally as Takashi 6ix9ine, will complete his prison sentence on August 2nd. Lance Lazaro, Hernandez's attorney, confirmed the date. The 23-year-old rapper was arrested on November 8th in 2018 for his involvement with the nine Trey Gangsta Bloods. In January, the rapper made a plea deal in which he admitted that he'd hired someone to shoot rival rapper Chief Keef and to selling a kilo of heroin in 2017 that saw him cooperating with federal law enforcement officers. The agreement was initially sealed to give prosecutors time to charge and arrest members of the Nine Trey gang. 
His controversial cooperation with the authorities led to him offering a testimony against the gang, putting several affiliates of the faction in prison. Two defendants in the case, Kentia Kuda B. McKenzie and Hernandez's kidnapper, Anthony Harve Ellison, have yet to be sentenced. In total, Hernandez pleaded guilty to nine federal felonies, including racketeering conspiracies, firearms charges, narcotics trafficking, and violent crimes in aid of racketeering. So one of the really interesting things about this is um, you've got to go deeper into the story to get into it. It's very deep and detailed what went down with 6 9 and what went down with the whole trial. But his release date is coming three months early than expected, and his lawyers are saying it's not because he's necessarily the greatest prisoner in the world. So it's not because it's necessarily good behavior, but apparently the timing is working out for him. Congratulations for, I guess, working out whatever he needed to do to take care of things. Now, unfortunately, we will be watching to see how he lives his life going forward and if he has a career of any sort going forward. I would guess not much. I'm not sure what a man like Takashi 69 is going to do going forward. Also, not sure what a man like Daniel Hernandez will be doing going forward. March is usually a very good time for sports, a kickoff to a lot of great things. And this story, as it came out and became something that was really popular, turned into a sort of a sports nightmare later on. We'll tell you the story and we'll update you on essentially what's happened ever since. Let's start with the headline. Utah State becomes first NCAA tournament team with stunning win over San Diego State. USA Today is the source for that story on Saturday, the 7th of March. The bump in response from the number nine story is 29.17%. And I'm not even going to bother to read the story. So you can go check it out and hear about the post uh, love for this story because of all the grand stuff that came from it or was expected to come from it. As Utah State, with the tournament starting, uh, one of the, the smaller schools usually have the tournaments two weeks out so they can plan for getting to the big dance, make their arrangements. Uh, one of the the start of March Madness, the prepare, prepare preparation for Selection Sunday, and of course the tournament that is the uh, the bane of the old lady in marketing who always wants to put down a couple dollars for the, her brackets and always votes for you know the prettiest uniforms, things like that. Well, this year uh, this thing all started to unravel pretty quickly. At this end, we don't have any stories about uh, the closings and essentially shutting down of sports stories. But after the things started rolling with the coronavirus and things started amping up later in the week here in the United States, uh, first it began with the uh, with the suspension uh, with uh, in sports leagues, the NBA, the NHL, the Major League Soccer leagues. Uh, also, tennis shut down its operations going on as well. Uh, so they essentially postponed everything going forward. Major League Baseball basically killed spring training and are pushing back the start of opening day by two weeks. In the meantime, the first news about any changes happening started with the NCAA, who in the middle of the the first week and going into the second week before Selection Sunday had already made the call to play March Madness games, to play all basketball game tournaments for all of the levels of the NCAA with no fans. So they're preparing for games because it's a televised thing and a lot of people make money off the deals there. They can still play the games in the arenas. They just would play to no fans and it'd be a different, weird, surreal experience. After the 
major leagues started to cancel their things, NCAA decided to cancel its as well because part of that was a lot of the tournaments that had not been finished for the major conferences, they still had to play some games to get people qualified for March Madness. There was only about a handful of teams, maybe seven or eight in the smaller conferences that were there. So there weren't enough teams to play a tournament of 68. Uh, There weren't enough people who were willing to risk the gatherings with all the conferences coming up, especially the major conferences. And so the NCAA has officially postponed this thing for this year. Now, some changes have happened recently that aren't in the range of this going on. They're thinking about adding an extra year of eligibility for players this year who did not get a chance to play out any seasons for whatever they're playing. So football, they're obviously done. But for basketball, for for volleyball, for other sports, they may allow an extra year of eligibility to play for people who are playing for a greater role, essentially basketball players who are auditioning for the NBA using March Madness as a tool. Uh, So that's something that may happen for some folks, and we'll see what's going on. But I will right now declare Utah State your tournament winner because they're the first one in, so why not? Anybody who qualified had as good enough chance of winning as anybody else. So Utah State is my pick for your 2020 Final Four champion, the NCAA College Basketball Men's Championship. I throw to Utah State. Why not? So while the coronavirus is a very serious virus, it is something that we don't know enough about to manage, which is why the biggest issue we're having right now with it across the world, and we're seeing right now in the States as it's rushed up on us, is the fact that it is affecting what we're doing, which means it's affecting our money. It really hit hard with this, uh, with the cruise line industry. This is a headline that we posted on Saturday, uh, Thursday, I'm sorry, Thursday, the 12th of March. Carnival Princess Cruises suspends global operations for two months on coronavirus fears. The bumper response from that one to uh, the eight, the, from the eight to the seven, is zero percent. That means it's a virtual tie between the two. They're essentially, both of them with same distance from number nine. Um, I'm not going to read this story. I'm going to basically give you the headlines that have affected this one going forward. Uh, because first, Princess Cruises, which is of course. Many of the ships that we see, people who have been affected by coronavirus, uh, who are trapped on the cruise ships, are was was one of the main targets. The bigger the bigger companies that were dealing with it, they were the first to call for their suspension because of what's happening there. They have officially turned it to suspending operations, not just two month hiatus. Um, they'll see how things are go, and other cruise lines have officially followed in the last coming days. It's been a crazy time, as especially since health officials are telling people, don't travel, don't fly, don't go to resorts, and definitely do not get on a cruise ship, especially if you are one of the more people vulnerable to these types of viruses and this type of thing, which are older people who tend to spend a lot of time on cruise ships. It's just what you do in your older age. You get a chance to travel as earned and deserved, but right now that travel is extremely dangerous and worrying a lot of people in general and the population in particular. Uh, this is just a weird, surreal times, but this is another case of the fact that this disruption is really disrupting the money. And you'll see more stories going on. The uh, NCAA not having March Madness, a big deal. Carnival Cruise Lines shutting down, all the cruise lines shutting down, a big deal. Deal. These are really big deal stories, and we won't know the true fallout until things come back. Oh, by the way, it's not the only 
Carnival Cruise Line store we have coming up. We'll have another one coming in a moment that had another update as after the fact that this one got popular. And, of course, we're still in limbo, knowing a lot of details from that one. Coronavirus is going to affect all of us for quite some time. Affect and effect a lot of us for some time. And it's definitely going to be a affect effect for our talks and our conversations. We're not going to talk directly about the NBA and it's dealing with the coronavirus because that story didn't make it into our realm, other than the fact that we talked about it with the NCAA and updating what happened there. But this is a story that before this turned into something, there was a bit of a minor panic that turned into nothing. But it, it shows how and how this was going to be, at least from the um from projecting standpoint, how we're going to view this. The headline we have for the number six story is Stephen Curry to miss Golden State Warriors game versus Philadelphia 76ers due to flu. We posted this on Saturday, the 7th of March, a bump in response from the uh, seven and eight story, the tie story of 1.29%. And this story was sourced from USA Today. The quick version of what happened here, Stephen Curry's been out with an injury for most of the season this year, so he just returned back for a game where people were excited to have uh, him back in his role as the leader of the Golden State Warriors. He was a very high scorer. He may have been the highest scoring person for his return back, but the team did lose that day. I think he scored 29 points on that night. Uh, coming up a few days later, he was scheduled to play versus the 76ers, and that game he was already called out. They already pulled him out of the game because he had flu-like symptoms. So because he was sick after being injured, people were upset that he wasn't going to play. But people were also a little worried that, you know, coronavirus stuff. What does this mean? People in other nations were already stopping their sporting events because of that. What would this mean? Well, Stephen Curry really did have the flu. And so he set out this game because of the flu. And, of course, days later, all games would be canceled or at least suspended because of coronavirus concerns, actual coronavirus concerns. It's affecting lifestyles, affecting lives, affecting money. Coronavirus is going to be with us for a while. I'm going to repeat that a few times for a while, and it's going to be disruptive. Now, if you want to get more details on any of these stories that I'm sort of glossing over and giving you the updates for, go to the website, thisisaconversation.com. Click the link for this week's podcast. This is podcast week ending March the 14th, 2020. All the links to all the stories we talk about directly here as headlines are here. You may have to go searching forward, or some of these stories are actually been updated since they were originally posted, so you may get a more detailed issue what's going there. Uh, the normal glossing over here is not even nowhere near normal because so many things changed in the process. Here's a story that's sports related that actually didn't, well, actually it did change as well uh, because of the situation. But the gesture was a kindness coming from Dak Prescott, the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, who wanted to show some kindness to the XFL team that plays there in town or near town since the Cowboys stadium is not technically in Dallas. The headline was Dak Prescott gives Beats by Dre headphones to Dallas and XFL, XFL players. Posted Saturday, the 7th of March, 2020, 3.82% bump in response from the number six story. I'm going to read a little bit of this one because this one is kind of cool. Uh, so Cow Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott offered up a nice gesture to some of some nice headphones to the other pro football team in town. The XFL's Dallas Renegades got 
Beats by Dre headphones from Prescott, who has an endorsement deal with Beats by Dr. Dre. Renegades coach Bob Stoops posted on Twitter some pictures from the Renegades locker room where Prescott had delivered a pair of headphones for everyone and a note wishing them well on Saturday against the New York Guardians. Welcome to Dallas, the note says. When it comes to rivalries, Dallas versus New York is notorious. Here's a little something to get you in the zone. It's time to make our city proud. In the notorious Dallas-New York rivalry, the Cowboys have gone 6-2 and two against the Giants with Prescott as their starting quarterback. The Renegades and Guardians will meet for the first time on Saturday. This story was a precursor, so I don't have the score from that game. And this game did did actually play out, I think. We posted this on Saturday. I think this story was actually originally put out there on a uh, Friday or Thursday before when it happened. Uh, but, of course, those games as well are currently on suspension. As I said earlier, and I really mean it, you people like Meghan Markle stories. And we have two Meghan Markle stories this week. I'm not sure how it happens. The fact that Meghan Markle is technically no longer a royal because her husband is technically no longer a royal. You still want the Meghan Markle, story, Meghan Markle stories. So we have two this week. Here's the first in the four position posted on Sunday, the 8th of March, with a bumper response of 5.52% from the number five story on Dak Prescott. MSNBC guest prompts backlash after saying many people consider Meghan Markle, quote, five clicks up from trailer trash. Oh, yes, she said it. And MSNBC guest is getting heat online after saying during a segment on the network that, quote, Many people consider Duchess of Sussex Meghan Markle to be, quote, five clicks up from trailer trash. According to BuzzFeed News, the moment came during journalist Victoria Mather's appearance on MSNBC Live on Saturday morning. She had been sharing her position on Markle and Prince Harry's recent visit to England months after the two announced they would be stepping back from some of their duties as members of the royal family. Quote, I think what has really, really upset the British public is that Meghan Markle, who many people consider as only, you know, five clicks up from trailer trash, has actually tried to disrespect the Queen, she said at one point during their appearance. More. And the Queen is the most respected person, most respected woman in the world, she continued. The remarks prompted viral backlash on social media from a number of users, including some who felt Markle's Mather's remarks served as evidence the couple made the right choice in stepping down from their roles in the family and others who called on her to be fired. So go to the website and read the read the whole article so you can see all the people doing all the tweets and all the defending of Meghan Markle. You people love Meghan Markle stories, and yes, another one is coming, even bigger than this one. So uh, hang on tight. You will get your fix. So this is a weird sports story that is weird on many levels. Of course, it's baseball-related, which isn't the weird part, but as baseball was essentially preparing to get its season in, getting spring training players into shape and filling out rosters to get things going, uh, there was a release. That also, not necessarily anything out of the ordinary, but here's the weird thing about it. I'll just read you the headline and go from there. Cards release player who left camp without explanation. USA Today is the source that we pulled this from on Sunday, the 8th of March. Bumping response of 12.79% from the number four story. The story from USA Today with the updated headline, 
Cardinals release Yarir Munez after he abruptly leaves camp without telling team. Basically the same thing I just said. And it goes like this. Yariel Munez had more than 500 plate appearances over the last two seasons with the St. Louis Cardinals and was in contention for more playing time in the team's outfield in 2020. But Munez, who said he felt something pop in his hamstring during his last spring training appearance and had been scheduled to undergo a medical exam this week, abruptly left the team and returned to his native Dominican Republic. Upon learning of the information, the Cardinals decided to release him on Saturday. Quote, Last week, we hoped we hopped on a plane and flew to Dominican Republic, unbeknownst to us, Cardinals President of Baseball Operations John Molzenak said, according to the St. Louis Depatch, apologies for the bad reading, trying to determine what is next, best steps, we just decided based on what we're hearing from his agent, maybe cutting ties makes the most sense. He just wasn't happy here and was frustrated with how he was used last year. Didn't like the writing on the wall that he was seeing this year. According to the Post-Dispatch, a team said as recently as this week, Munez would undergo an MRI on Thursday. He disappeared without telling anyone, but has been in contact with at least one member of the team per Post-Dispatch. Uh, so uh, you can go get some more stats because more details on him for that one. But this is a case that would probably look a little weird in your job if you uh, all of a sudden had something weird go on, have a headache, and then flew home to the Dominican Republic uh, without telling your your supervisor it is a weird story we are not sure what's going on in any sports right now and so for the moment if you like drama in sports that's about as dramatic as it's going to get we promise you another princess cruise story and here is the headline for number two grand princess cruise remains in limbo waiting to dock with 21 coronavirus cases posted on saturday the 7th of march and a bumper response of 12.37 percent now, here is the deal. This story actually did not, or actually the story did, did update a bit. The headline updated is Grand Princess cruise ship hit by coronavirus will dock Monday in California. Although that didn't quite happen, it actually turned into Wednesday in California. It turned into going through various ports to actually send them to, ending up in the port of in Oakland, which disturbs a lot of people who believe that they chose a port where in a city or a part of the 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 state where a lot of people of color and a lot of Hispanic people are congregating around that port, as opposed to a more nicer port, if you will. And there were issues of people getting off the ship, and there's issue of where they're going. And essentially, everyone dealing with this cruise line, this cruise ship from the quarantine, is not having happy camper moments. They're spreading them across four different bases, going all the way from California to Georgia. And how they're going to try to get these folks all the way that far, I have not seen yet. But they're still having issues getting the initial people off the boats, or they did as of Wednesday. We record this on Saturday mornings. It's a total cluster. If you if you really ask me how we are handling this situation, we will talk more about the stories that didn't quite make it in because of just the timing and the chance of, of, of the numbers of getting in there in the third segment. But the response to how we're handling these things is not very inspiring right now, and it's not a, a big, a great showing of American ingenuity in how we get over things. And this is just a fine example. We crushed the Japanese for the time with that cruise ship that spent its time in the dock in Tokyo, all that time with people essentially sitting 
as you can say, in a Petri dish waiting to be infected. Now we're dealing with the consequences on our own, in our own manner, and we're not doing anything close to being as good. And now we get to the number one story this week. And this story, uh, we always do the fanfare first because we're trying to make a big deal out of it. We posted it on Tuesday, the 10th of March. It gets a bumper response from the number two story, just slightly of 1.38%. It gets a bumper response, though, from the number 10 story, which was the skate park in Huntington Beach, uh, which was closed after the death of the skater, of 88 Point eight nine percent, and the bump response from the almost irrelevant story this week, story number one ninety five of one thousand nine hundred and nine percent. That's how much more responsive it was uh, than that story there. And the headline that we have, as I said, I promise you more Megan Markle. Mark Megan Markle. <sighs> Teen apologizes to Prince Harry for cuddling Megan Markle after appearing on stage with her. People Magazine is a source for this one. Yes, this actually happened. How do I know? Well, this is what People Magazine said about it. A British high school student is reaching out to Prince Harry following an encounter with his royal wife, Meghan Markle. On Friday, the Duchess of Sussex, who was back in the UK for a final round of royal engagements, visited the Robert Clack Upper School in the town of Dagerham in East London for a special assembly celebrating women's rights where she asked the, for one brave young man to appear in front of his classmates and speak about the importance of International Women's Day. As seen in a video shared on Sussex Royal Instagram account, Akar Okoye quickly volunteered and hopped on stage, remarking about how beautiful the former actress is as Megan jokingly wagged her finger at him to cheers and laughter from the crowded auditorium. The pair later embraced, which elicited even more cheers from the students. In a handwritten letter to Harry, 35, and Meghan, 38, published by The Sun newspaper, the 16-year-old apologized for his actions were out of line, explaining that he was simply taken aback by the encounter. From the letter, Harry, I hope you don't mind me writing this letter. I hope you don't mind me cuddling your wife. I was just overwhelmed and shocked to see her arrive at my school. It was a pleasure to hear her speak and to speak in front of her as well. She is truly inspirational. The teen went on to tell the prince that he previously missed the chance to see him in the past royal engagement, but hopes to meet him one day. See how that goes on. Good luck with your future, he wrote, ending his note to the royal couple with kind regards. While Megan has yet to personally address Okoye's letter, the Sussex Royal Instagram account did share a video of the boy's speech, captioning the clip with a note about the important role men and boys play in International Women's Day. Uh, You can read more about this and see uh, pictures and clips of the video by going to the website, thisisaconversation.com. Click the link for this week's podcast. It's for the week ending March the 14th, 2020. Um, I think I've given enough commentary and most of it on coronavirus going all the way through this week's headlines. So I don't have a thing to say about this one other than I'm not sure why you people are so in love with Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. I really don't. Anytime the slightest thing pops up with them. And I guess because they are the youngest and the most controversial royal ish Royals, since they're technically not be Royals anymore. 
I, I guess I am going to do commentary. I guess that's why you're all up in the arms about Meghan Markle. She isn't actually she is actually a very dynamic person. And her being a member of the royal family opens up so many things and so many wounds and actually from what's going on there. So it is something that's interesting. But a lot of times it's the fluffier stuff that gets all the attention. Uh, the MSNBC story, that one was a big thing and meant a lot. This one, well... This one is just a bit uh, oddity, but I guess we really needed something happy and silly and something put a smile on our faces to end the week of the stories. And I'm glad that we have this here. I just don't understand your fascination with Ms. Markle Sussex. Anyway, coming up in a bit, we're going to get to the bottom stories at the list, including the most useless story said per you in conversation, although that's not technically what it is. We call it the almost irrelevant story of the week. It's story one, number five from the top to the bottom, and uh, we'll let you know what it is, plus the other stories that make the bottom five this week. On the weekly wrap-up with Jay Cleveland Payne, this is a show for the week ending March the 14th. 2020. The Conversation Project. This is the Conversation, the website, and this weekly wrap up podcast is powered by you. So it's done by your responses. Your literal responses give up, gives us a script to talk about for news stories every week. So we thank you for that. But we are asking a little bit extra if you believe we're worth it. Now, there have been plenty of stories and plenty of, of studies lately talking about the responsiveness of people who are support their favorite podcasts. And that number is sadly less than 1% in most cases. But we do get a lot of responses from you. I'm not sure percentage-wise off the top of my head, but we do get a lot of responses from you in letters and email letters and emails, in social media posts and responses, and from the people who do help power this podcast. So if you feel that what we provide for you is worthy of some response, we're just going to promote this week, not a sponsor. If you want to promote us as well, go to our website or click on a link inside of our newsletters where there are links to sponsors. Go get stuff from them, and we get a little bit back from those sponsors, and, and that helps out a lot. You can directly help us out literally by sending us money, being a patron, being a fan. Patreon.com is our main source for our fans and patrons. Patreon.com slash this is the conversation is our page where you can become a monthly patron right there. We appreciate all that we get from you guys out there. And you can also get exclusives through the Patreon links. We'll send you things like no commercial, uh, commercial free uh, podcasts and special reports and things that along those levels. You can also just go to buymeacoffee.com slash J. Cleveland Payne or also ko-fi which is ko-fi.com slash jcliffandpain um, and buy me a coffee buy me what's equivalent to a cup of coffee for one time donations uh, or for subscription donations there as well you can do that as well we appreciate uh, anything you give to help us uh, put a couple of uh, pennies in the cup to make things go it all helps the biggest thing that I need from you literally to do and I'll talk about this at the end of every show is to spread the podcast and just to email me what how things are going, how what you think about stories, just for extra conversations. The conversation inbox at gmail.com is our email address. And, of course, we are found anywhere your podcasts are found. So send the link uh, or, or share the links 
shift from your favorite podcast pod app to wherever you want them to go and uh, wherever we want people to find us and get more people in. Tell people exactly about this. I always joke about at the end about grabbing people's phones and, and subscribing and it back to them, but it's, it's not quite that drastic. But we need more responders. We need more people in this. We want to grow this thing. There are big plans for this project that are, to be honest, stalled because of just the reach that we'll be able to get. Uh, so I'm looking for your help. If this podcast is something that you enjoy, if the work we do is something that you like, if you enjoy being able to see how your actual responses react or have bring reactions to other people's responses, and of course, how the the crowd sourcing of the news tells us which stories are more important, not just Trump, 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 coronavirus, coronavirus, Trump, Trump, Trump. We appreciate that. We appreciate you. You can help us out with that. So this week, we're not promoting any particular sponsor. You can check out the sponsors list at our website or inside anything we send out. We're promoting ourselves. Patreon.com slash this is the conversation or buymeacoffee.com slash Jay Cleveland Payne. Quick ways to add to the coffers on helping to helping to fund the conversation. But it's really as simple as sharing the podcast with some folks giving us a rating or review. They help, and they may not be magical, but they do help us know what's going on. And just emailing us with feedback at the conversation inbox at gmail.com. The bottom five we go through very quickly because there's not a lot of love for them, so why should we go deeper into them? Some of these are actually very interesting stories, which is the kind of sad part about it. I mean, there are 195 stories that we posted this week, and it's a little unfair to the other 193 that two of them were Meghan Markle and had no chance whatsoever to go anywhere, so that is a case. But we usually go through these so there's some context. You know what stories got a lot of love this week and what stories didn't get very much love based on response. Most of the bottom five, in most cases, are stories posted Thursday or Friday morning because they don't get a lot of time to gestate and get going in. This is mostly the case for today, but you will let you go, we'll go through the listing and you can see what stories you may want to take a second look at by going to the website and clicking the link for this week's podcast. At 191, the headline is Students Discover 5,000-Year-Old Sword Hidden in Venetian Monastery, posted on Wednesday, the 11th of March. That is an interesting one there as well, but it was posted earlier than normal. It just didn't pick up any traction based on when it was posted. Also happening on on the Friday, the 13th, a later edition, of course, Oakland's county judge jails man who was late for court because of pneumonia. Uh, this is one we got off a of deadline in Detroit, and this is one that actually had been floating around for a few days, and we just didn't post it until late on Friday. So that one might have gotten more traction, maybe not top 10 material, but more traction if we had posted it on Wednesday or Thursday. Number 193. New York apartment for sale, only $43.9 billion, which is actually fairly good going rates for New York apartments based on where it's going. You can read more about that one by going to the website. We posted that one on Thursday, the 12th. So that one was a very late evening post as well. And with all the other things going on, um, it just didn't pick up much traction to get out of the bottom five. Number 90, 194 is one we posted on Thursday, the 12th as well. It wasn't quite 
as late in the evening. But this one was a weird one that if we didn't have so much coronavirus, to be honest, probably would have been a good candidate to be close in the top 25. Paintballing approved for use in land, by landowners to haze bears. Uh, this was a story, a local uh, story out of Utah, I think. Uh, I can't, I don't have the, the, the posting in front of me where, where on, on this notes list. But this was local, th- local people wanted to keep bears out of their property, uh, ranchers and folks like that. So they were uh, approved the use of paintballs to uh, run the bears off. I'm not sure that's such a great idea, but they're not my bears. And the number 195 story this week, the almost irrelevant story of the week, was posted on Friday the 13th, The basically in the wee wee hours as we were counting things down, so it had very little chance of getting any real response. But this is one that is a really heartwarming story. The headline is, Injured Pup Walks 10 Blocks Home After Owner Fatally Struck by Car. New York Daily News is the source of this one. I'm going to read you a chunk from this story because it is both sad and it is um, a little bit of a tearjerker. So hang on. Her owner had just been struck and killed by a young Mercedes driver and Stormy had nowhere to go but home. So the 11-month-old pit bull mixed puppy staggered long 10 blocks despite a concussion, a broken pelvis, and bruised lungs back to the Bay Ridge home of Frank Delvacornere to let his wife and children know something was wrong. On Wednesday, Stormy got to come home once more, a bittersweet homecoming after spending six days at a veterinary hospital overcoming from her injuries. Quote, Today I was happy to see her, the Corvinaire's widow, Demetria, told the Daily News on Wednesday. Nothing's ever going to be normal again, but we've got our dog back. Her 66-year-old husband was walking with Stormy Thursday night, part of their nightly routine on their way to the park at 101 Street and 4th Avenue. Demetria, 61, was home cooking dinner. About 7.05 p.m., a 19-year-old man behind the wheel of a Mercedes-Benz sedan hit Del Corvinare and Stormy as they crossed 4th and 101st Street. The impact sent Del Corvinare flying, and he died on the scene. Stormy, bloody and traumatized, walked a half mile to get back home just as her owner's son, Michael, was returning. Michael came home and he comes and goes, Why is this dog outside? Demetria Devacorne recounted. And I didn't know that happened. She was all bloody and I thought maybe he had gotten mugged or something or whatever. She sobbed as she spoke and I was freaking out. I didn't know where Frank was. They cleaned Stormy up and called the police desperate to find out what happened. Eventually, cops showed up with the grim news about De Colvinore. I know she wanted to come home and let us know. She made it home and she let us know that something had happened, Demetria Delacorne said. I don't know if she knew he was dead or not, but she looked so sad. She was just so sad. The story goes on and deeper, and so if you want to check out more of it, go to our website, thisistheconversation.com, where all the stories that we talk about formally here on The Conversation Project and the weekly wrap-up podcast are, have links there at the website. So check it out and go deeper into the story. It's a very deep, very, very sad story, and it's one that I wish we had a chance to tell much, much earlier in the show. It just happened to happen at the very bottom, which means we are lucky it turned out at the bottom because we did get a chance to go deeper into this on the podcast. 
Coming up in a bit, we'll talk about some of the numbers from this week, some of the ratios going on, and um, we'll discuss the tie that I, I overlooked because there was <laughs> so many going on and how coronavirus basically got in the way of all the good stories this week. Here on the Weekly Wrap-Up with Jay Cleveland Payne, this is a show for the week ending March the 14th, 2020. Our podcast spotlight this week is not one that's fun, not one that's going to get you any sort of enjoyment, but it is one that may get you informed. And I have to admit, I am a news junkie, obviously, and basically CNN is on all day or some form where I am. I listen to it in the car on Sirius Satellite. I listen to it um, in the background while I'm at work uh, via streaming stuff. So I'm always kind of looking in on, I'm looking in on all the channels. CNN is, is where I'm at most of the time. It's the one that I prefer. So there you go. Uh, well, CNN has created a new podcast uh, with Sanjay Gupta, Dr. Sanjay Gupta, that is helping people get informed about the coronavirus. So if you're looking for a podcast that hopefully won't be a permanent in your staple Go to the CNN.com website and go to their audio section and sign up for Coronavirus Fact versus Fiction. Every single day, I believe even the weekends as well, they are producing some sort of some sort of informational uh, audio for you to listen to to get details on how things are going and what you can learn about it and, and to hopefully dispel any myths that, that you are running into because there are plenty of them out there that people are spreading and it's very hard in number one, trying to stop the spread of a virus, to stop the spread of a virus that is bad information. That's usually the worst virus of them all is the information that is horribly wrong that people get out there that causes issues, including panic. So check out Dr. Sanjay Gupta's new podcast, which hopefully won't be a permanent thing. Coronavirus, fact versus fiction. Go to CNN.com, and they are promoting it all over the place. But go to their audio section, and you'll find the podcast. It's also wherever you have your podcast anyway. So if you search for it in your podcatcher, you should be able to find it. This week, I don't have the luxury of giving you some sort of silly podcast, some sort of uh, out-there wacko podcast that's I think is funny to get into because... This is a week where a lot of seriousness is going down. So check out this podcast. You may have your druthers about CNN, but Dr. Sanjay Gupta is a very, very highly respected guy, respected doctor. And so check out this podcast for the straight talk on what's going on with coronavirus. Coronavirus, fact versus fiction is the podcast we're promoting this week uh, so we get the right information out. So this was a very odd week in the news cycle because come Wednesday, basically all stories revolved around coronavirus. Everything was a closing or information or some kind of procedure. Something was around the coronavirus. The bulk of the stories, I'd say 70 to maybe even 80 percent off a quick math had something to do with coronavirus. And since they were all distinct it's, it's turned into a lot of things. So a lot of those things maybe got lost in the shuffle of people seeing what's going on. A lot of the stories we had here in the top 10 were stories that had a very good head start and were able to 
no pun intended, outlast the coronavirus. And it just, uh, over the natural course of a week where we posted 195 different news stories, everything can't be top 10. So a lot of things were high up and high, very, very high priority. People got into them, people watched them. Everyone can't be in the upper range for whatever reason. So a lot of the stories, a lot of talk I have for this week's stories were essentially updating the actual situations based on how things actually went days after they were posted. It's been an amazing week. It will continue to be an amazing couple of weeks as we go through this because we don't know exactly what we're getting into. But the United States is following suit what many other nations are doing and starting what they can to eliminate uh, any any fears, alleviate any fears, eliminate any unneeded exposure to people in large gatherings. It just so happens it's coming up as spring is coming, so it's warmer, more people are out, and for activities and sports more people are gathering in groups together no march madness no more nba basketball no more nhl hockey uh, no more uh, major league soccer baseball we will see what happens we will see we are living in a different world right now so we'll see how it goes on numbers wise we did have the tie that i didn't even see as we're going through the numbers a quick look at what's going on but the tie story this week uh, were the stories at seven and eight. We used to actually um, do more distinguishing of them and try to make sure we don't have tie stories. Technically, we don't have tie stories. The number seven story in the Carnival Cruise Line was posted on Thursday, and the story on Utah State uh, earning its first the first bid to the NCAA tournament on Saturday. The younger story gets the higher billing because the younger story got to that point in less time. So that way, the number seven story, the younger story, is Carnival Cruise Ships, Carnival Cruise Princess Cruises suspending their operations. Of course, that became an update later in the week as basically all cruise lines are suspending operations for a while while people aren't traveling and to keep people who would, for some reason, travel from traveling so they can keep their crews safe as well. And the biggest um, non-factor, which is pretty much understandable, was the fact that uh, f- Twitter, once again, is overtaking the numbers. Facebook, 6.6% of the responses, and Twitter at 93.4%. So we're back on a big uh, Twitter kick again. That's how that's going. And as far as responsiveness for the stories, the top 10 stories uh, took about 16.4% of your responsiveness. So 16% of well, all the back and forth were taking in those 10 stories out of 195. Out of the bottom five, only 0.78. So not very much at all. If you have any problems with anything we've reported this week or anything that I've reported this week, you think I said something that was a little extra flippant, well, this week I, I was really, really working hard to not do that, let me know. Email us at the conversation inbox at gmail.com and we will discuss it, have a conversation, and hopefully agree at some point or at least agree to disagree on certain things. We're at the end of the podcast, obviously, so this is where I usually do a kind of a long, rambling, uh, and really silly wrap up. We're not going to do that this week. We're going to do this very calm, very uh, just slow, and pretty much on a even keel. So the podcast. Found at thisisaconversation.com. Look for the podcast for this week if you want to get a copy of it or see the links to all the stories that we've talked about. Uh, this is a podcast for the week ending 
March the 14th, 2020. Uh, there are links at our website to past podcasts, also links to our daily newsletter. You subscribe there. You links to our, we try to do a top five check-in in, in, the, in the daytimes. It's been a little crazy this past couple of weeks. Uh, you can find information on how to find more about what you guys are seeing are the top stories at the website this is the conversation.com. I always said the email address, the conversation inbox at gmail.com. You can talk about any story. You can complain about anything. You can give us cheers and kudos. That's great as well. We did not do a sponsor spotlight, so you can click on any of our sponsors at any of our platforms if you want to help us out that way. We did put highlights on our Patreon site, patreon.com slash this is the conversation, or ironically, this is conversation.com slash Patreon. And if you want to become a patron, help us do this on a weekly, on a monthly basis to get this done weekly, we do appreciate it. Also, methods include buymeacoffee.com and Kofi, K-O-F-I.com, if you're familiar with those, both of those slash J. Clifton Payne to buy me a cup of coffee. Please share the podcast with folks out there who are like-minded, people who are into news, good news, Mostly good news sources. I don't think I put any really weird and any any silly things this week in, in general because of what was going on, and just seeing how other people react and who have the maturity to not so much get stuck in their bubble, but to also allow the the, the opportunity to understand what other people are, are thinking about. So share the podcast with anyone you know who's like minded like that. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast if you found us that way. Links are at our website. And, of course, uh, where, whatever podcatcher you want to find, just look for the weekly wrap-up with Jay Cleveland Payne, and we are probably there. If we're not there, email us, let us know. We will do what we can to fix that as quickly as possible. I'm sure there's plenty of things I've forgotten in the rush to get through. Oh, oh the podcast this week that we are promoting is coronavirus fact versus fiction go to cnn.com and look for that one it's produced by cnn dr sanjay gupta is a host and every day they're putting out more informational uh, podcasts so you know what's going on what's real and what's not real we're going to end this on the very somber note i'm going to say thank you like i always do we cannot produce a podcast without you and it would be a much much worse podcast without your help anything i can do for you email us at the conversation inbox at gmail.com and i'll do what i can remotely from wherever i am since everyone right now is essentially sheltering in place hopefully we provided for you a good amount of time to be entertained be informed maybe not quite take your mind off of stuff since we talked a lot about it but hopefully we offered up what is great information for you and how other people are reacting to news stories as well. Let me know how we're doing and come back next week for another great episode. The weekly wrap up show with me, Jake Cleveland Payne from the conversation project. And this is the conversation.com. <laughs>